Hello friends, and welcome to Anything Goes. I'm your host, Joseph Guzman, and to those of you new, welcome to the show, welcome to the Anything Goes family. Let's jump into today's episode, shall we? Hey friends, just a quick moment to let you know, this show very much could use your support. So if you would like this show and you enjoy listening in, then please consider going to anchor.fm forward slash Joseph hyphen Guzman hyphen MA. There, you can click on the support button and that will let you become a monthly supporter to the podcast ranging from anywhere to $0.99 a month, or $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. Obviously, if you would like to become a larger monthly supporter, or if you'd like to do a one-time gift to the show, you can click that other button that says Message and let me know. And as always, friends, I love hearing your hellos, so please continue to send those as well. Thank you for all of you that have supported us so far and that continue to support us now. Let's get back to the show. Hey friends, welcome back to Anything Goes, and welcome to all of you who are just tuning in. I am your host, Joseph Guzman, and we are picking back up on a series we started in the last episode, talking about Ebbinghaus and his forgetting curve. In the last episode, we addressed what the forgetting curve was and a few of the ways that can be, or techniques that could be used to improve our ability to retain new information. We spoke about spaced learning, and the two critical factors of that being about time and application of repetition. Uh, We also spoke about uh, blended learning being a component of that and blended learning simply being that it's using as many senses as possible, getting people involved uh, to improve their ability to retain information we talked about accessibility in that you use mobile features, things like that, to make it possible for people to learn whenever and wherever they can and, and wish to, in as much as it is possible. And we also spoke to gamification, uh, using multimedia and turning the learning experience into a game experience can also help make it more memorable. Now today we're going to get to talking about component four, which is how to create a learning culture. And this doesn't matter whether you're in a classroom setting or an office setting. A culture of learning is always beneficial. So to that extent, I'll say that learners are more likely to prioritize training and they're more uh, likely to retain relevant knowledge if you create a learning culture within your organization. 
Whether it's formal learning delivered through an LMS, which we spoke about last time means learning management system, or an informal learning process through which knowledge sharing is done by, you know, the water cooler, you know, where people are talking about it while they're, you know, on break or, or what have you. Uh, this is really where, where you get learning happening. And so if your company carries out mandatory isolated training events, right, which a lot of companies do, uh, and I'll say organizations because it's more than just, you know, for-profits or whatnot. Uh, the forgetting curve is probably going to be something you're going to run into again and again, especially if, as I said, they are isolated events. But if you create an open learning environment, uh, it, it doesn't, first of all, it doesn't have to be difficult to do so. And if you do so, you can create an environment where you encourage everyone to actively make use of the information and learn and learn it and reinforce it with one another. Now, to that extent, I apologize for the gaps. I've uh, I've got some technical things that are occurring and they are bigger than just hitting pause right now. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, now, to that extent, when you're creating an open learning environment, uh, you again, it doesn't have to be difficult. And by running frequent training events, what you'll actually find is you'll help reinforce learning and increase the amount of knowledge that is retained. Now, I should make a caveat here. There is a tendency for a lot of organizations to overuse events, uh, meetings, and gatherings, and it can tend to be a waste of time and money. Now, I will say, it is important to be frequent with this, but for the sake of learning. Regular meetings, in my opinion, should not be any more frequent than they have to be, and should not include people that do not have a relevant part in what's at play there. Um, it's one thing to have general meetings, but you don't need everybody there for every meeting. I think that is counterproductive to a good organization. But I digress. Uh, so running frequent training events uh, can actually help reinforce the learning and can increase the amount of learning that uh, is retained. And if you encourage learners to share their feedback after completing the course or the training uh, and use this information to embrace the, the learning culture by making it as enjoyable as possible for them. What you can find is that you can actually achieve this by creating engaging course content uh, with a great user experience, or UX if you want to call it, and delivering it to your learners through an easy-to-use learning management system. You can actively, actively support knowledge sharing within your organization, whether it's through training days, workshops, or a thorough onboarding process. Once your learners recognize that frequent learning and reiteration is part of your organization's daily routine, um, then they're more likely to engage in training, and they're going to retain more pertinent knowledge, which is exactly what you want, right? <laughs> The other component here is to make it relevant. 
and I can't I can't emphasize this one enough. Relevance is going to make the is going to be the difference between a good learning experience or a bad one. It's not to say that making it engaging and gamifying and all of this stuff and having the learning culture is not important. But if it's not relevant, then who cares, right? At the end of the day, I don't really care whether or not a cat has nine whiskers on either side of its nose or 14 whiskers on either side of its nose if it's not relevant to what I'm trying to accomplish. It might be useful to me if I am a veterinarian and I'm trying to ensure that there is an equal balance of whiskers, let's say. But if you're working as an, a marketing person, chances are, without it being a particular niche, you're not going to need to know that, right? So, so that's true with anything you're doing on, on learning. You have to make sure the information is relevant or people are not going to see it as being useful and they're not going to put a lot of value in it. Now remember what I talked about earlier about how the human brain is selective uh, and it will purposely ignore things and prioritize things. Well, since the human brain is selective and has a limited capacity, we, we, we can't retain everything in the world in our, you know, gray matter as we call it. Uh, when it comes to decide, deciding uh, whether to participate, um, or not participate, sorry, my brain is getting ahead of me, myself here. Uh, when it comes to deciding whether or not uh, your brain is going to store particular pieces of information permanently, uh, your brain will actually prioritize, as I said. It'll be real picky. And this naturally tends to accelerate that forgetting curve, hence why in the first 24 hours you can lose 30%. Uh, and that's why when you're planning training, uh, you should make sure that it's relevant to the learner as much as possible. The more relevant the training, the easier it will be for them to absorb and remember the information that they need. And here's what I'll say. By relevant, I'm not talking about using pop culture references. Uh, I mean relevant to their learning, to their job, right? Uh, if they know that the learning, that they're learning something that makes sense for their job, then they're more likely to make use of it. If they know it's going to save them time, they're more likely to make use of it. Uh, they're more likely to participate more in the learning because it's of value to them. The more applicable you can make it to their daily tasks, uh, the more the information is going to be meaningful and therefore they'll engage. So how do you apply this to your uh, training programs or your courses if you're teaching? Make the course content relevant to your learner's job functions or roles by including examples or scenarios that they experience every day. If you want your learners to know new information or to gain advanced skills, try to relate to the training or, or the, your training to the information that your learners uh, are going to be engaging in, right? In other words, 
if you're talking to a bunch of, let's say, uh, coders, right? People who are working in the, the coding aspect of, let's say, a software piece that you're doing. They don't really care what the finance and budget stuff is, unless it particularly relates to them directly. Nor do they need to know. It's not relevant to them, then it shouldn't be information they have to have, right? Don't cloud their mind with more than what they need to do what they're going to do. Same thing with a, a student in a classroom. If you're going to teach mathematics, let's say, stick to what you're there to talk about. Make it relevant. Help them understand how that information will benefit them. And there, my friends, is a wonderful nugget of life. If you want people to be more willing to go with what it is you're suggesting, don't show them what you think is good about it. Show them what you think is going to be valuable to them. And this is true in, in teaching information as well, in, in giving people new information. Don't tell them why you think it's great information. Explain to them how this information will improve their life, their job, their experiences. Therein, you can get more buy-in. And, and as we've uh, looked at this right now, that we've looked at these five tips that I, I, I'll, I'll call it that, uh, for challenging that forgetting curve, you're going to need to make sure that you can find a good learning management system that you can use to apply them. There's many out there. Just do a Google search. You can find them. Uh, there's some that are really good that cost money, and then there's some open source ones that are free or close to free. Uh, so take a look. But what I will say is this. Your LMS uh, should be able to enable you to carry out your creative repetition through various mediums. And in addition to that, you want to make sure that you're supporting blended learning, spaced learning, um, mobile learning, gamification. All of these components are necessary to ensure that you're giving your people as much as as much opportunity as possible to learn as effectively as possible. So again, this is talking about the Ebbinghaus forgetting curve and that process by which we can tend to lose information over a short period of time relatively and things that can be done to overcome that, right? Now, again, right, this was uh, based on a mathematical formula by Hermann Ebbinghaus that was back in 1885. Still relevant now, because we still forget stuff. <laughs> the forgetting curve, again, is looking at the percentage of memory retention of information versus time. And the five things we've talked about that can help with that, right, are spaced learning, um, accessibility, right, mobile learning, looking at uh, gamification, creating a learning culture where it's, it's just part of way, the way the, com the community is, right, it is we're open to learning and we want to encourage each other to learn. And ultimately, or, or lastly, I should say not ultimately, making it relevant. Always make sure what you're going to teach people is relevant to what they need to know. Because to the extent 
that it is irrelevant is to the extent that you can be assured they will not learn much of it. Vice, vice versa though, if you make it as relevant to what they need to know and you make it engaging and easy for them to absorb, it is more likely for them to retain it because they see a value in it for themselves. And so that's the thing. That is the forgetting curve. Those are things you can do to help overcome that. And you can take these things and you can use them in a corporate environment or an education environment. And we will be right back right after this break, friends. And we're back, friends. Well, hopefully that learning curve information has been of insight for you, has helped you to learn something that could potentially be of use for you in a corporate or even education setting, or even for your own personal learning. If you are uh, something of an autodidact, uh, which is to say that you are someone who can tend to learn on your own, you don't always need someone there to do that, um, then these can be useful tips to remember to in order to overcome that forgetting curve. And as you've often heard me say, right, always be learning. And I will always say that because even as an educator, one of the things I would often tell my students was, if you think that by leaving the classroom you are done with learning, then we have not served you well. Because the reality of life is this, and I'm sure you know this as well out in the audience there. Life is learning. There's always something to learn. There's always something changing. And this is why I've said when it comes to like even the, the philosophy that businesses carry. If a business or an organization says, well, that's how we have always done it. There's, not, there's nothing more deadly than those phrases because those phrases speak to a person who is no longer interested in learning, who has become complacent, and who believes that they have figured it all out. And friends, you all know as well as I, none of us have it all figured out. <laughs> we may wish that we did, we may hope that we do, uh, but we haven't. And that's okay. Learning is life. And if we can adopt that, then we can be able to adjust to many changes in life. And to that end, I thought I would talk about some of the changes in life we've been seeing, right? Uh, I'm sure at this point, many of you are aware of, if you've been following, especially in the U.S. or our neighbors who maybe have tracked it because it may have been of relevance to them. Uh, we had... A hurricane that came through recently and really kind of hit solidly upon uh, Louisiana and uh, I have a friend of mine who is an artist who I was in art school with and he actually was from Louisiana he was there when Hurricane Katrina hit and he left and like many who left they never came back, or if they did come back, they came back to nothing there. The house was gone. Um, so it was interesting watching this occur um, and kind of 
the concern for hopefully the people that were in that. Which, let me make a caveat. I'm perplexed by the... There's a particular type of people in places like Louisiana and Florida who will stay during a hurricane. I suppose if it's like a, a category one, maybe that's manageable. But there are people who will stay there in like a category four and a five. And I don't understand that. Uh, I'm not saying that it's not something I couldn't learn. It's just right now I don't understand. That seems like a whole other kind of mindset to be like, I'm just going to ride out this insane storm that is like a giant vortex of destruction falling upon me. Um, but nonetheless, I digress. I'm kind of going off on a tangent there. My friend made it through Katrina and was uh, ended up in school with me. Uh, you know, out of state. He was a different place. And... Uh, this recent hurricane that came through Louisiana, his daughter was there. And so it was interesting to hear him concerned for a different aspect, right? Not to mention the fact that this hurricane was also hitting on the, I think it was like 15 year anniversary to the day that Hurricane Katrina went through and hit Louisiana. So he's got a, a little girl that's there and his uh, his ex, who his little girl is with, um, is one of those that they're like, oh, I'll just write out the storm. Thankfully, uh, spoiler alert, she's okay. His daughter's fine. They're okay. Uh, they had to move up into a different state to get away from it and, deal, and have electricity and all that stuff. Um, but that's a change, right? And, and as we've seen, right, we're starting to see more and more of this occurring. Uh, there's a, as I speak and record this, there is currently a, not quite a hurricane, but a tropical storm hitting along the, the coast uh, of the south, uh, from Texas all the way across Louisiana, and I think it may be going a little bit into, I don't know, Mississippi, Georgia, maybe. But we've heard a lot of discussion about climate change and, and whatnot. But here we are, friends. Here we are seeing un, uncommon weather um, and, and variations and changes. And then we're seeing changes with uh, the U.S. Re uh, evacuating soldiers, removing the soldiers and base and all of that out of Afghanistan seeing changes with these mutations in COVID. Uh, we're seeing changes in the way people are going back into the workforce. We're seeing changes in economy. Uh, there's concern about uh, inflation and shrinkflation when it comes to consumer goods. Invest investing has been an unusual place. Cryptocurrency has been in some interesting changes with things like these NFTs. Uh, so why, why are you mentioning all this, Joe? 
Well, I'm mentioning this because I want us to recognize that that's the reality of life. Things change, things adjust, things come about. What isn't helpful is remaining stubborn and stuck in a place where you refuse to try and understand something new, hear something new, consider something new, and maybe even learn something new. I've, I've had to do a lot of that over the years. And I've, I've recognized that that's something that's just an inevitability of life. And so friends, I would say, if you're facing some of these challenges or other challenges, and it does feel like there's destabilization and you hear the doomsdayers on YouTube or other places that are saying the, the sky is falling, right? The economy is going to die and all is going to die. Know this. Barring a planetary apocalypse, a meteor or an asteroid strike or something like that, friends, I don't think we're at the end of humanity just yet. Um, humans tend to be very resilient as a, as a species. Uh, we do make some dumb decisions sometimes, uh, myself included. Um, but we're pretty resilient or maybe stubborn, just depends on how you want to look at it. <laughs> But I think part of the reason that we can be resilient and stubborn is because we're willing to learn and adapt. And friends, if there's one thing I've really wanted for you, it is to learn and adapt and always be learning, always be creative. Because this world needs people who know how to learn well, who know how to research well, who know how to be creative. Because we are quickly entering more and more into times where standard, standard ways of doing business, standard ways of um, economy are going to start changing more and more, whether we like it or not. And a creative mind is also a mind that can help you to think about things in more divergent ways to consider things in more abstract uh, con connected points, right? And that's what I want for us. That's, the, that's one of the intents of our community here, is to empower people, uh, and by people I mean you and myself, um, to be ready for those changes, to be prepared, to be that voice that can say, hey, I've actually been thinking about this. I have a solution that could help us. I've actually come up with a plan. I've got a design for this, what have you. We're gonna need more of that because here's what I can tell you right now, friends. No matter how much people talk about artificial intelligence, I do not foresee it being um, a truly recursive learning type of AI that's human in its learning approach. I do believe it can grow and you know, erase and apply new information and what have you. But I don't think it's gonna be in a way that we think it is. And I don't know that creativity is gonna be something, an instinct for sure, something that you're gonna be able to put into a machine. 
because there are aspects of the human experience that, uh, that we don't know how to define. No matter how much we, we may want to quantify it, we cannot. The best we can do is to, uh, maybe I need to put it this way, instead of looking at it as a quantitative thing, we have to recognize that we're that it's more of a qualitative thing. And that's the most we have for some aspects of the human experience, the human condition, is that we can define it merely by the qualitative aspects of it, not by what we can quantify. And I, I don't say that it shouldn't, it's not something to pursue. You know, that's the nature of science, is to learn and understand and try to see if they can test a theory and repeat it and whatnot. But I think it's also of value to recognize that there are things that we're not going to be able to do that with. That the, the most we're going to be able to do is to look at the qualitative aspects of it. To understand it from a spiritual, emotional, for lack of better ways to put it, right? Or maybe that is the best way to put it. Uh, perspective. Because here's what I'll tell you. whether Because I know I have a large audience listening from many places in the world. Uh, from from a very wide age range, 18 to 60 plus. Here's what I will tell you. And for some of you, you get this. Some of you, this may be a newer concept. This world will always have challenges. This world will always have need uh, of people who can help in difficult situations. Problem solvers, designers, uh, new ways of thinking about economy and business, policy makers, what have you. But what we're going to need is people who can adapt and who are good at adapting and who can retain information and who can be creative and think on the spot on problem solving. Because as we move forward more into this age of information, uh, we're going to have to be able to respond to sometimes rapidly changing situations, especially with things like climate change and what have you. So be encouraged, friends, first and foremost. Things may seem dire. I don't think we're at the end. And if we are, then none of you will be around long enough, and neither will I for, us to, for this podcast to even matter. <laughs> but if we are, then there's hope. And hope is good. Hope is needed. Beyond hope, optimism, positivity. Not trying to be all, as the saying goes, right, hippy-dippy here. But I'm trying to really be honest here in saying, if we are able to be more positive, more optimistic, we are more likely to come up with solutions to problems than we are if we feel like all is over and all is the, the end is nigh and, and what have you. So friends, I hope that you will continue to grow in this time and you will continue to press forth even if it is challenging. I hope that you will remember that no matter what friends, um, you can do it. You can make it through this. If I can, you certainly can. 
and we are here for one another. There are things I would like to do to continue building this community, but I cannot do so yet until there is a financial means for that. So as financial support grows from listeners like yourself who go on to anchor and either message me or become a monthly supporter, uh, or I get more advertising sponsors, or both, uh, I cannot really implement those things yet, but I, I really would like to be able to do that so that we can have more of a community where we can communicate back and forth with one another. I'm sure there are, t- there are things that you would love to be able to chat with me about and we can do some little Q&As, um, but I have to be at a point where I can have that time to do so. And one of those ways is by having money coming in from this so that I can afford to not be distracted by other work or what have you so that I can focus more on that. Because I'd love to do these Q&As with you guys and gals. Uh, I'd love to have uh, times with guests where they can do a little Q&A with you maybe before or after a show or as an exclusive for like our bigger supporters even. You know, kind of trying to put packaging together on those things to, you know, create some advantage there. You know, I never intended to do a podcast, so I'm still figuring it out as I go. So if I stumble about the plans, that's why. Um, I had no idea I was going to be doing this, but here I am, 71, uh, no, 72 episodes later. (laughs) Uh, Well, with that said, friends, um, I think uh, I just want to say thank you again for all of you that listen in. Thank you for those of you who... um, make the decision to be financial supporters to the show. Know that in doing so, you help me to move a step closer in making this more sustainable uh, and improving the quality of it and certainly having a, an actual studio space where I can improve the quality of the sound and better equipment and whatnot. And to be able to bring in guests that otherwise I couldn't get but if I had the means to do so. As always, friends, be good to yourselves, be good to those around you, be kind to your body and your mind and your spirit. Be kind to those around you as much as you can. There's a lot of really tough stuff going on and we're all struggling, we're all hurting, we're all having challenges. Be safe. We still have a pandemic going on. Even if you're vaccinated, use your mask properly over your nose, over your mouth. Um, Try to practice distancing um, because it's still mutating. And what we don't want is some crazy super version of it that tries to wipe out all of humanity. Um, I know that's a bit hyperbolic, but still, you get my point. Take care of yourselves, friends. We only get one life. We only get one body. Uh, Let's try to enjoy it as much as possible, even when things are challenging. As always, friends, I love to hear from you, so feel free to continue sending those hellos. Uh, And if there's something I've talked about in one of my shows that you have a question about or you need some guidance on, I've had people ask me about stuff since I've done things about investing. Uh, I'm happy to help where I can. Um, I've had people ask me about other experiences, military or whatever else. I'm happy to help where I can, so feel free to message. You can also do that on my Anchor page. Stay curious, friends. It's a big universe. It's a big planet we live on. Always be learning. Always be creative. We're going to need you uh, as we deal with the challenges of this world. 
and we will talk to you on the next episode. Much love and prayer and peace to you, my friends. Bye-bye.